to another episode of Real Time Talk, where we're going to be covering Adventist Home Chapter 12, which is, I believe, compatibility. Yes. So, like every other episode, we're going to read through some parts of this chapter that stood out to us, and we're going to discuss, and you will listen, we hope. First one here. In many families, there is not that Christian politeness, that true courtesy, deference, and respect for one another that would prepare its members to marry and make happy families of their own. In the place of patience, kindness, tender courtesy, and Christian sympathy and love, there are sharp words, clashing ideas, and a criticizing dictatorial spirit. Mm. So, I'd have to touch on the point this may not seem like it's uh, relevant to compatibility, but it is, especially during choosing a partner. You need to find someone who is who it, who you'll mesh well together with, okay? Because you don't want to, you know, only skim the surface without actually, you know, digging deep and finding out what's at this their center. And then you run into this the situation where instead of having a nice relationship where it's full of, you know, they're kind and courteous to you and, you know, loving and tender and, you know, uh, considerate. And then you guys are just bitter and nagging each other for like years. All right. So, yeah. You have anything to add to that? Um, it's definitely the... Um the difference between like you can tell the difference between a christian family and a non-christian family by how they uh, comport each other comport themselves within the, the family unit um and i i think like you know god asks us to glorify him in everything that we do and i think even the behavior while the doors are closed and and within the home when no one else but god can see is still i think it's most important absolutely because god sees your heart and you know like there's a a lot of families that will hide behind those closed doors and and pretend in public like the things that happens behind closed doors no one knows but god does see us and Mm. if we're not bringing glory to him while the doors are closed how can he expect us to bring glory to him when the doors are open how can we expect more like uh trying to figure out a way to phrase it but like if all you're doing is, you know, praising God while you're out, then it doesn't matter how much you praise him while you're out, you're still dead inside. Mm. You're st- because it's not how many people you bring to, uh, that you get to know Jesus or how often you say, you know, praise the Lord in public. That doesn't matter if, you know, you yourself and your home is not, uh, you know, uh, your home life isn't, you know, one that's like your per, your uh, public life. They need to be, you need to be the same person at home as you are on the streets. So, yeah. yeah. Next one, 
It is often the case that persons before marriage have little opportunity to become acquainted with each other's habits and disposition, and so far as everyday life is concerned, they're virtually strangers when they unite in their interest at the altar. Hmm. That one kind of speaks for itself. Um, yeah. I think that goes back to us in... You know, make sure that who you are at home is who you are in public. So that way, the person... You've got this mic so close, I'm going to actually eat it. (laughs) So that way, the person who you uh, may find that you want to unite with, they know what they're getting. Be an honest salesperson. If you're offering yourself to different people, you know, here's me, you know, invest in me. Uh, Be honest with your investors. Okay, or investor, you know, let them know exactly what they're getting, what their money is is going for, how far their money is going to go. Because if not, that's, it's very underhanded and it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't build for a good relation between, between the two. Um, I mean, and, and also just like, um, like it says here that they lack the opportunity to become acquainted with each other's habits as parents and as friends and stuff. Um, when you're around those two people, make sure that you ask those questions or ask questions that are, that probe those, those, um, topics to come up. Like if you're with a new couple and you're, you're hanging out with them and you know, you bring up stuff like, um, like what, like just little things, like what's your favorite food? Like what's, what's your least favorite chore or like things like that, that'll bring up conversation that the partners will, these new, this new couple will understand little bits and pieces of each other a little bit more. Um, especially if they are working towards getting married someday, bring up those little things here and there. So you make sure that they're asking the right questions. Yeah. If you've ever been, if you're experienced and have an, an experienced, happy relationship or you've been through premarital counseling or, you know, whatever, you've worked through stuff, give subtle hints and, you know, subtle, you know, helping hands to those who are getting into those. Instead of telling them, did you think of this, 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 or this, ask them those questions. What about that? Did you ask them this? Have you done this with them? Have you spent time reading this together? And they'd be like, oh, no, we haven't thought about that. Just like if someone's buying a house, you know, Mm. you know, did you consider this? Did you get an inspection? Did you do this? Did you do the severance papers? Blah, 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 whatever you need. And they'd be like, oh, I am not. I I, like there's a lot that I'm missing. So that could help a lot with uh, with people in those situations, I find. Yeah. And, and you asking them questions like, oh, you know, um, what's, what's your new boyfriend or girlfriend's favorite color? What's your favorite food? You know, and if the, it makes the person who like the person that you're close with realize whether they know enough about this person or they really don't know enough to be wanting to marry them. Because if you don't even know their favorite food or favorite color um, mm. or like their middle name, um, you should probably reconsider the decision to about like the, the decision to get married right now and maybe get to know each other a, a little bit more on even on the surface a lot level. More. <laughs> if you don't know those basic questions, you are nowhere near 
ready to be married. Mm. There are some deep questions that you need to know before you get married, before anyone should get married. Like roles in the relationship, chore schedule, who's in charge of what, how, if kids come, are kids coming into the picture? If they are, how is, you know, discipline going to be handled? You know, those are questions that should be asked before you get married. Forget about <laughs> color and like favorite food. That's like basic. If you if you don't know that, then those are things you should know before starting to date someone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Did you want to add more to that? No, I think okay. I'm good. Many find too late that they are not adapted to each other, and lifelong wretchedness is the result of their union. Often the wife and children suffer from the indolence and inefficiency of the vicious habits of the husband and father. Yep. Do your due diligence and understand the... Because it goes more than just like, oh, like we like the same things. Okay, but well, what things don't you guys like? What, what, what habits or character traits or like, you know, character flaws do they have that could make or break you no one wants to talk about that nowadays they want to keep those skeletons in the closet until they burst out and then it creates all kinds of drama Mm -hmm. tackle those things early on what are your non-negotiables find out what they are before you even consider marrying anyone you should be looking for every single red flag that could possibly be hinted in a relationship Mm. if you think it's like that. If it concerns you a little bit, it's it's probably a red flag. Investigate and you know just that that little gut feeling that's like I don't know about this. Have a conversation about it because mm-hmm. if you don't, that little gut feeling will turn into a bigger gut feeling, which will turn into a fight about something that you never even talked to your partner about, and then they're like, mm-hmm. "Where's this coming from?" And it's been bugging you this whole time. Yep. So. <laughs> A lot of pain and misery can be uh, can be, can be avoided. I was actually talking to my coworker, I'm not gonna name names, obviously, but uh, talking with them, and they were just like, "Yeah, no, marriage isn't for me. I have a bad track record. My parents had like a messy divorce." I was like, "Oh, but did?" I was like, "But did you know that you could the most divorces, like thirty percent of uh, divorces, could have been avoided with like premarital counseling or reading a premarital book?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh." Interesting. I was like, yeah. So if ever you're going down that road, pick up a book, read it together. Just have to, a conversation. Because the the whole the whole reason behind premarital counseling and these premarital books is it provokes a conversation in it's, the areas that need to have conversations, and that's the whole point of those books and those uh, those those sessions is to get you guys talking about the things that you may not have talked about yet. It's also like at least the one we did was questions that questions and topics that they would bring up in marriage counseling as opposed to premarital counseling mm. that if your marriage is going horribly wrong, these are the same questions they would ask to make sure that you can prevent your marriage from ever going that wrong. Yeah, even the books that we uh, that we got for our first counseling, mm-hmm. those were it's it's the same thing. They have you do activities and. Uh, and, you know, quizzes that, you know, helped you understand. Do you actually know this person? Okay. What about this? Have you talked about this? Did you do this? Da, 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 da. And don't think of it like, oh, my goodness. Like, I might 
find deep dark secrets yeah you might but at the same time it's still fun and enjoyable and if the other person doesn't want to do this that's a major red flag i mean there's i can think of one activity that actually like really helped us understand each other um or at least help me understand you a little bit better was one of the activities in the workbook that um essentially gave us a bunch of pre preconceptions or myths about sex mm. and it said is this true or false and then at the end, we read our, our true or falses to each other. And then we kind of sat there and went, this is a really good conversation to have because that's not really a conversation that you have. What's your preconception of sex? If you think sex is something in your head, you kind of just assume that the other person has the same idea. Yeah. But that 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 small like 15 minute activity gave us a chance to understand like, what do you think the ideal sex life looks like? And what do I think it is? Do they match up? And can we have a conversation to agree on what the ideal sex life for us will be? Especially if you can um, answer those questions before uh, engaging in sexual activities, Mm -hmm. because then it doesn't make the first time bad or awkward or just like or traumatic or traumatic. Like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize you were into that stuff. That is um, okay, I'm not sure what I signed up for, but I love you. Oh, well, really? Yeah. In the GAAA, Kevin mentions it where he was like, you know, if if um, partner A thinks that sex is like penetration, you're done, you kiss, you go to sleep, and partner B thinks that it's just kissing on the cheek and then going to sleep, there's a very yes. large misconception here yes. and you're not on the same page you need to have yes, a conversation one is going to be very surprised about five minutes in <laughs> after the after the one after partner a gets bored or moves on from the kissing partner b is going to be very surprised so it's yeah like that's what these books and these counseling sessions when you get good ones like that's what they're they're for to get you into to get you into like provoke and to stoke those conversations and be like uh did are we as compatible as we thought we were and if you're not then how you guys can work together start talking it out start hashing it out to try and figure out if there's some common ground or there are ways that you guys can both improve so that you guys are compatible or you'll find out that there's a non-negotiable in one of your lives that neither of you can really give up and it's better off that you end it now than in mm. 20 years when you find out about this non-negotiable. And have three kids, a mortgage, and like a bunch of car payments to make. Yeah. That makes things hard. Yeah. And like jobs and, and like then, yeah, divorces are rough, especially when you have things together. And if you can mm-hmm. find your non-negotiables before you even tie the knot, then it just It's it just paving that. the road for... Uh, for a more successful relationship. Yeah. Everything you do before you get married to help find, to help uh, test and uh, verify your compatibility. I mean, like, not like Facebook quizzes, like actual like, <laughs> okay, books and like, you know, you go to premarital counseling and stuff like that. Those things will help, and just like conversations, but those things will help to pave the road to a higher chance of you staying together your chances of divorce will start to decrease from, you know, a 55% chance of being divorced to maybe a 30% chance of being divorced. And the more you do and the more conversations you talk and, you know, the more time you spend together, 
that could be reduced down to a 15 or a 10% chance down to a 5 or a 1% chance. All right. So like invest into these things um, because divorce is messy, divorce is expensive, and divorce hurts. So invest now. You know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm. Right? There's what, 16 or 24 ounces in a cup? I think there's 16 ounces in a cup. I can't remember. Um, I don't know. There's like eight fluid ounces. I don't know. I'm mm. not well versed on my imperial uh, units of measurement. It doesn't matter. Anyways, they can figure it out. Yes, you you get the, you get the point. <laughs> um, just to like throw a shout out out there for this book that we used. Um, so we used the Symbus assessment as the. Um, that was our first. That was our first one, mm-hmm. which was um. That was like the quiz that we took that compared a bunch of stuff. And then it, you had to buy the – we didn't have to. But there's books that come with it that you can buy, which essentially comes for the wife's work – comes with the wife's workbook and the husband's workbook. And it's called Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts by Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott. Um, I It was like $80 Canadian for all three books. So the the, the like actual – book that explains it and then the two workbooks and then we also did prepare and enrich yeah prepare and enrich is for both premarital and marriage counseling yeah so it works for both which is like i think in my opinion i prefer the prepare and enrich survey and the way it's set up but i prefer the way the information is laid out somewhat in a symbus yeah symbus is more modern more colorful like there's more graphs it's like okay they present the information well preparing and rich is kind of like someone was just like let me use the basic graphs and charts that i could and just copy paste everywhere yeah not saying the information is bad the information is very good and i like the questions in the survey but if i could switch the survey with the final reports i would yeah the books are really good too, though. The activities, like I, my favorite was the um, our personal ten commandments, mm-hmm. um, which like was things that are written on our hearts that we don't necessarily talk about out loud. Things like that. Um, there's a lot of different activities in those books, and it gives you the opportunity to work on them separately and then reconvene and have those com- have those hard conversations together. Yeah, the the uh, Symbus uh, premarital survey and the preparing rich they both tackled two different aspects. I found Symbus was more of a your uh, personality, and preparing and rich went deeper into you know what you think of your other of your partner. Mm-hmm. So both played their part. Um, but yeah, this all boils boils down to seeing where on the spectrum of compatibility that you as a couple fall and if you can improve that because you can always improve a relationship unless your non-negotiables are just like there's so many that it's just like yeah we it's just no chance but i'd say more often than not you can improve a relationship if both parties are willing you can always improve a relationship and end up happy and be the fairy tale princess at the end Okay. You know what? okay, so this is probably going to be a two-parter because that, that was only one thing and we spent a long time on that one. Um, okay, in many cases, it takes only a few months for husband and wife to realize that their dispositions can never blend. 
and the result is that discord prevails in the home and where only the love and harmony of heaven should exist. See, this goes... I'm going to go back to... This is a reason why North America, because that's where we live, is where it is, okay? Like, I want... I, Sometimes I harp on the U.S., but Canada is in the same boat, okay? The divorce rate is over 50%. That means more than half of the marriages in North America end in divorce. The reason why our divorce rate in North America is so high is because people get into marriages without actually taking the time to, you know, see how compatible they are. Churches try to emphasize that a little bit more, which is why the divorce rate in more religious countries is a lot lower, but... Yeah, don't get into a relationship and just jump straight to marriage. Well, I love him. You know? Um, I'm, <laughs> did I'm, you really even know the person? Yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I, I strongly believe that the marriages in religious countries last longer and are better because God is with them. Um, yes. But if you remove God from that equation... Um, it's solely because of the conversations that they have that are emphasized within those those religious backgrounds. Um, but also a point, they have a chance to uh, observe and get to know their uh, their potential partner without that, uh, let's uh, go and have sex and then move in together and not even talk about these questions. You know, before you can even get to that stage, you need you need to clear a lot of those questions that some people don't have out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, well, just like we talked about, um, I think in the last episode, where um, the marriages where people don't live together before they get married are at a higher rate of success solely because they have a legitimate conversation about what it will be like to move in together as opposed to just slowly, gradually sliding into moving in together because you see each other so much that you're just like, you might as well stay. Which is the most common reason for people to move in together nowadays is just because they see each other every other day and at this point, it would save money on rent and gas if they would just stay together. Yeah. The divorce rate is high in the world right now, okay? Let's just not separate by country. It's high in the world, especially certain regions of the world, because, you know, we're in a fast-paced society that just wants to shack up as soon as... It was love at first sight. No, that was lust at first sight. Hmm. We talked about that in one of our previous episodes. It was lust at first sight, and then you guys decided to shack up without... Having the conversations that need to be have, had, have, English better, John. Yes. By contention over trivial matters, a bitter spirit is cultivated. Open disagreements and bickering bring inexpressible misery into the home and drive asunder those who should be united in the bonds of love. Yes. So like, and that's the thing. So you have these conversations beforehand so you know what you're getting into. Because if you don't, you end up living together, being married, and then you're like triggered by these little tiny things and they just build up and then you end up getting divorced over something stupid like that that was just he, like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Like he moved, I don't know, your flower vase to the other side of the table and you lost your mind. Like, like we've been saying all this episode, 
just picking up a book. Okay, it doesn't have to be the books we we mentioned, the books we read, or it doesn't even have to be this book, Adventist Home, but picking up a book to help you have these conversations and communicate and to give you an idea of like, hmm, did you talk about this? Oh, I don't, I don't, that's a good question. I don't think we talked about that. And just eliminate some preconceptions, okay? You know, just about your, you know, your anatomy and your, um, your idea of sex could help save your relationship leagues of just pain and suffering and misery because you know what if you're not comfortable enough with your partner to talk about what your sex life is going to be like before you have sex um you're not going to be comfortable talking about it after either which then it's just going to be weird and awkward it's like yeah it was great and you're like i didn't really find it that great and then it's just going to be this elephant in the room that like you want to talk about it but, but you don't want to hurt each other's feelings. But, like, if you have these conversations beforehand or make the statement that if there's ever anything that we can improve or that you don't like, like, please tell me about it because we're learning together. Especially if you've waited till marriage and you haven't had sex with any other partners. Yeah, you, could, you, could you imagine, like, 10, 15, 20 years down the road... You know, you're into your relationship and then your partner just like explodes and you're like, what's wrong? I've never loved it for the past 20 years. And you're like, well, why didn't you say something? I thought you loved it. Like that simple conversation could avoid that and a lot of awkwardness and just. And pain because yeah. like it's way like let it's much better to tell your partner like the day of that you had sex and he did he or she did something that you didn't really enjoy now then five years later because that person's gonna be like well you never told me you didn't like it so i just continued to do that and then they're gonna be annoyed and mad so deal with it as soon before if you can and if not as soon as possible yeah let them know like hey uh, just create the environment that in yeah. your sex life you can have those conversations and say you know i'm not sure if i did like that let's not do that anymore or you know and if they're not okay with that eat them out of your life yes and and like because when you think about it if you don't have any conversations about sex and sex is not openly talked about in the church either so there could strongly there i'm i could almost bet that there is at least one couple that has gone into the marriage bed at the end of the day when they got married and the dude thought that her vagina was in her belly button. <laughs> because, like, that's kind of what it looks like on TV. It looks like it's up there, but it's not. Like, you have to have those conversations um, anatomy-wise as well of, like... Just to verify preconceptions, because I remember I was with this one girl who, she's like, so, with with your, with your you know, generals, like, I'm like, yes... You know, and she's like, do you like coil it up, wrap it up, like to tuck it in your underwear? I'm like, how long do you think this thing is? It's not a rope that I can just like coil it up there. I got to store that neatly away in this pocket. That's what that pouch is for. Because, you know, no, is <laughs> I was like, it's what? So, yeah, just clarifying stuff like that, because you don't know who told them some myth when they were younger. They believed it their entire life without mm-hmm. getting clarification. Sometimes you need to clarify things like that. She even asked me, like, does it peel back like a banana? I'm like, that sounds painful. That sounds painful. 
<laughs> Please don't. If you if you ever get the opportunity, do not ever, ever try to peel it like a banana. Oh uh, yeah, so things like that. All right. And I mean, those can be funny stories between the two of you as well that you've talked about, or or you know. But at, at the same time, like like there's also well, I think it was my cousin. I don't know. Someone had told me at a dinner party at one point that you know, like like you hear in the world these words and stuff and and these concepts and sometimes uh you don't know what they are and you just go by what they're called and this person that was talking to me she was she had heard about a a bj i'm not gonna say the actual Mm. word but she heard about a bj and she thought that it literally meant to just like (laughs) blow on it (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine that i'm gonna give you this awesome It's not hot, okay? Like, it's not going <laughs> to cool off if you keep doing that. It's not like soup that you just go... <sighs> okay. Wow. So, yeah, there are th- things like that that could help make your <laughs> intimate time better. Not as awkward. And then you could be like, you can laugh about it after. You thought you could peel this back like a banana. You weirdo. That's not me, by the way. I like, didn't think that. I said I said someone I was previously dating. When <laughs> 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 he's like, I I wasn't that one person. I know how they work. I mean, I'm not necessarily proud that I know how they work. But anyways. Um, okay, so we'll end that one here. There is still quite a bit more for this chapter so we will split this one in two so we will see you next week for the rest of chapter 12 which is compatibility if you have any questions or any feedback please send us an email at info.lessonsforyou at gmail.com you can find us on facebook at realtime talk podcast or you can find us on instagram at realtime underscore talk and that's it Stay in school. Sabbath school. Stay in Sabbath school. All the schools. <laughs>